0: Hello, welcome to the Monday, May 15th, 2017 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from San Diego, California. On Friday, the ransomware worm WannaCry or WannaCrypt started to spread rapidly across some large organizations worldwide. It is unclear if it originally was ceded to these organizations via email or if it just spread using the SMB version One Eternal Blue vulnerability. But uh, either way, its rapid propagation inside corporate networks can be attributed to the use of the Eternal Blue exploit. This exploit was released mid-April by Shadow Broker, who allegedly stole the exploit from the NSA. Microsoft had originally released a patch for this vulnerability in March as ms 17 for currently supported versions of Windows. On Friday, however, Microsoft also released a patch for older versions of Windows going back to Windows XP and 2003 Server. We also saw a significant increase in port 445 scanning around the time the ransomware started to spread But it isn't really clear if this was the cause or the effect of the warm spreading Just like other ransomware, WannaCry will encrypt files and display a screen instructing users to pay a ransom via Bitcoin. Encrypted files will use the extension WNCry which led to the malware being named with WannaCry or WannaCrypt. In addition to encrypting files, the malware then spreads to other systems using either the SMP version 1 vulnerability or existing remote desktop connections. The malware also installs a double pulsar backdoor, which was also included in this Shadow Broker release from April. Ransom demands start at $300 and increase after a few days to $600. It is not clear if ransom payments will result in obtaining a decryption key. The process is somewhat manual and convoluted. After paying the ransom, the victim has to contact the miscreants during limited business hours and to request a key. The key is then handed to the victim once payment is confirmed, at least that is how it's supposed to work. But so far, I have not seen any news about ransom payments actually succeeding. According to Bitcoin blockchain tracking services, more than 100 victims, uh, I believe according to the last time I checked, appear to have paid the ransom so far. So about $20,000 worth of Bitcoin had been deposited in these account. Given uh, the worldwide attention from press and law enforcement, it is possible that the miscreants uh, will stop communicating with victims and successful decryption is questionable even after a payment is made. In an attempt to stop the spread of the malware, individuals registered a kill switch domains that appear to prevent the malware from running. There are a couple of them in various versions that have been released over the weekend. Whenever the malware runs, it will attempt to connect to these kill switch domains and it will not run if the connection is successful. However, the connection is not proxy aware. Now, if your corporate network forces outbound HTTP connections to pass through a proxy, then the connection will fail and the malware will run. In networks like this, it may be advisable to set up an internal DNS sinkhole that points the domain to an internal web server. At this point, reports of additional variants of this malware start to surface. Uh, the variants still implement similar checks uh, with uh, subtle changes to the domain names. The encryption and the like is still the same. In addition, the malware checks for the presence of a registry key and will not run if it is present. Uh, Rendition Infosec released a tool to set this key and then again prevent execution. This is sometimes also referred to as inoculating a system. It is uh, very likely, however, that the exact domain and registry key will keep on changing as uh, different variants surface over the next uh, couple days. Or so. Attempt to prevent spreading of the malware via inoculation techniques is probably only temporary at best. If you cannot patch the system, then you may attempt to prevent infection by turning off SMB version 1 on vulnerable systems or segment your network to prevent internal connections via SMB and RDP. Anti-malware vendors added signatures to their products, and they will now detect this malware and prevent it from running. In addition, several anti-malware vendors also released removal tools, but as usual, cleanup is something that should be avoided, and if so, done very carefully uh, use these tools uh, with caution. The malware does implement, after all, the double pulsar backdoor, and others may have found it on your system and then used it to further compromise the system, in particular if port 445 was reachable. We released a couple of updates about this incident over the weekend with links uh, to various pages that provide more details and we are currently working on a more comprehensive uh, write-up. I will shortly actually make a PowerPoint file available that you may use uh, to brief uh, management uh, come Monday morning and on Friday Jake Williams actually recorded a webcast it was late evening here in California but the webcast is available as an archive and a follow-up webcast has been scheduled for Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern. So that's really all we have today. Big event here on Friday and over the weekend. Kept everybody busy. Hope you didn't get affected by it. If you have any samples to share, uh, please pass them along via our contact uh, page. Like I said, I'm still trying to confirm these rumors that initial samples arrived via email email. So if you have anything like that, uh, please uh, let me know. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow.